Hey everyone, it's Todd. Just in case you missed it, I've been doing these live shows on Fridays. And you can check them out by going to getvocal.206geek.com. That's G-E-T-V-O-K-L dot 206geek.com. They're live on on Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. And um, they get saved there on the website. And they also get simulcast on on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, so if you're already following the podcast, you should be able to find the videos there. But if you want to be a part of the live show, you can by going to that, going to getvocal.206geek.com on Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific. It's getvocal.206geek.com. And if you're not able to because of work and or other obligations, it's okay. You can check out the recorded episode on the same site. They're going to be there in the previous episodes or past episodes. Um, I don't know if I'll ever post those episodes here, although I might. So stay tuned and check it out on Fridays, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. We should, like, go and, like, hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa, it's Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fella who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> Todd would make, like, a good manager or something. <laughs> <laughs> Todd roll. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Yes, I'm your host Todd, the 206 Geek, and this is episode 99. You know, every time I say the next episode number, I'm thinking to myself, I can't believe I've gone this far with the podcast. I mean, thinking of, I just thinking back on how long I've been doing this, I've been doing this longer than 99 episodes, but this is the... 99th episode of this version of the podcast. Um, I've been doing this podcast since 2013, so I've been doing it a long time. It'll be, it was seven years this April, so next year will be eight years I've been doing the podcast, assuming I'm still doing it at that point. I'm sure I will be, but you never know. Uh, With everything going on right now, it's possible that I might get sick and whatever, so... Crossing my fingers that I don't, because I've been really careful to always wear my mask and all that good stuff, and, you know, but you never know what will happen in in the span of 12 months, anything can change. Alright, so, things I'm going to talk about today, we have um, Bill and Ted Face the Music panel was yesterday on Comic-Con at Home, so I got a bunch of things that happened over the weekend, or, or have happened over the weekend, Actually, there's still a couple panels that I haven't seen yet, but I want to watch. I'm going to probably go back and watch those later. I didn't watch the uh, Walking Dead ones yet, but I'm gonna I'm going to watch those. Um, I did watch the Bill and Ted one, so I'll talk about that. And then some of the things, that, other things I wanted to talk about, which came up on my Feedly list, which is Grant Gustin's The Flash looking to restart production in August. So I can't wait for that to be a thing. I'm looking forward to next season of every show that I like. 
Um, let's let's cross our fingers that things actually do end up happening at some point. And you know what? I should probably start with this one here, which is everything coming to Netflix this week, the week of July 26. So I'll start with that, and then I'll work on the other stories. And then we have uh, Brenton Thwaites. I think that's how you say his name. Teases new upgrades for Nightwing in Season 3 of Titans. And he's the gentleman that plays Dick Grayson on that show. Uh, we'll talk about that. And then we have Star Trek Strange New Worlds update revealed at Comic-Con 2020. That's the, uh, I think it's a spinoff of uh, Discovery, if I remember correctly. Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's Justice League cut won't use any of Joss Whedon's footage. So we'll talk about that. Then we have the Ghostbusters have been added to Lego Legacy Heroes Unboxed talk about that I, i'm assuming that's a video game or maybe it's a something else i don't know um i guess kevin smith was censored for cussing way too much during his panel this weekend so i'll talk about that i'm if you've listened to his podcast he swears a lot but he typically controls his his uh his vulgarness when he's out in public but i think because of how high he probably was and because he's doing it from home he doesn't really doesn't really get into the business or at work mentality as easily as he does when he's out and about doing events and stuff so i'm i'm kind of making excuses for kevin even though i don't know the man and i probably never will meet him but that's okay actually no i did kind of meet him it wasn't a one-on-one hey let's have a conversation kind of meet i was at one of his um his uh, evening with events was before he decided to do stand up and he would tell stories based on questions that are asked of him. And I managed to get a question in about um, being on my podcast. So, all right, next story is Jeff uh, daredevil star alleges Jeff Loeb cut storylines about Chinese and Asian characters. I'll talk about that. And then the last story I have here is, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer format and official title will be revealed at DC Fandom, which I think is uh, next week. So, all right, let's get into this, man. The first thing I was going to talk about here was the everything coming to Netflix. So let's take a look here. Um, let's see here. So on Saturday, July 26, which I think is today, no, that was yesterday, <laughs> or Sunday, that would be today, not Saturday, Sunday, you know, I think I need to clean my glasses, that's what it really boils down to, I can read, I can, just sometimes I'm, I, I misread things, and it's probably because I need to clean my glasses or I need stronger prescription, Sunday, today, the day of this recording, uh, is releasing something called Banana Split and Sh- Seam- Shameless Season 10. I am aware of Shameless, but I've yet to actually watch it. I know that it's um, um, a very popular show. And it stars William H. Macy. And then Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, which is probably going to be tomorrow as of this, uh, when you guys are hearing this recording, because I usually put these up on Mondays. 
Um, so July 28th is going to have Jeopardy Collection 6, The L- Last Chance You, Laney. Last Chance You, and then Laney. So I don't know what Last Chance is, but I'm sure it's probably good. And then Wednesday, July 29th, we have The Hater. And we also have Inside the World's Toughest Prisons, Season 4. Okay. And then Thursday, July 30th. This is the one I was looking forward to seeing. There's actually a trailer here. I might actually watch that. Let me turn up the... I don't have my. I don't have everything connected today. It's uh, just me, the microphone, and, and my iPad. Um... But we have, on July 30th, we have <laughs> Pirates Who Don't Do Anything, a VeggieTales movie, and Transformers War for Cybertron trilogy. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then we have, on Friday, July 31st, which is the end of the month, we have Get Even, Latte and the Magic Waterstone, Seriously Single, the Speed Cubers, Sugar Rush Extra Sweet, The Umbrella Academy Season 2, and Vis a Vis El Oasis. And then on Saturday, August 1st, we have A Knight's Tale, Acts of Vengeance, The Adams Family, An Education, Being John Malkovich. Death at a Funeral, Dennis the Menace, Elizabeth Harvest, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, Hardcore Henry, Iron Man, Armored Adventures, Seasons 1 and 2. Those are actually a pretty good show. Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park. Excuse me. Let me read that again. Again, this is when my, my brain... In my mouth, in my eyes, are all not coordinated. The Lost World Jurassic Park. So all three of the original Jurassic Park movies. So Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and Jurassic Park 3. I don't know why they put The Lost World first, but okay. Mad Max, Mr. Deeds, My Perfect Landing, Season 1. Nagiasu, A Lull in the Sea, Season 1. The Neverending Story, The Neverending Story 2, The Next Chapter, The Next Step, Season 6, and Night in Rodent, Oceans 13, Oceans 12, Operation Ouch, Season 1, Operation Ouch Special, Remember Me, Sea Biscuit, Super Monsters, The New Class, Tara Dora Season 1, Transformers Rescue Bots Academy Season 2, The Ugly Truth, What Keeps You Alive. These are all different shows, my dear. I'm reading them all together. I apologize. I just realized that I'm reading them all together, but they're all separate. And like I say in every episode, all the episode stories, links to the stories are in the show notes. You can go to notes.206geek.com and uh, check out the notes for each episode which is just a list of links to the stories so you can check them out for yourself in case 
what I'm saying is is either a blur or like Todd is having trouble reading this. Why is he having trouble reading this? This is this could be or should be easy to read, right? <laughs> All right. So next story, which is Bill and Ted face the music panel one big happy family reunion. I watched this panel. And let me tell you, it was really cool. I didn't I, I missed I think like the first 20 minutes of it. And oh, maybe like the first half hour actually. I should go back and watch the first half hour. Uh, cuz they didn't in, at least the parts that I saw they didn't reference Rufus at all. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that they have a really cool uh, kind of nod to George Carlin or some sort of, you know, a memorial kind of thing, you know. Because honestly, Bill and Ted 1 and 2 were great because of Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, but it was they were also great because of George Carlin. And um, in fact, I think those movies were my introduction to all three people, Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves, and George Carlin. And I discovered that George Carlin was a comedian probably about a decade after, or maybe five years after, I saw the the last Bill and Ted movie, which was Bill and Ted uh, Go to Hell, uh, or Bogus Journey, rather. (laughs) I think that was going to be the original name was Go to Hell, but they changed it. So Bogus Journey was, uh, was the first time I was introduced, I think. Um... Actually, no. The first one was. It was like about five years after Bogus Journey that I realized that he was a comedian. I didn't know. I didn't really look him up. I just saw him. I saw a clip of him on TV doing stand-up and going, that guy's a comedian? So I looked it up, and he was just absolutely hilarious. Love, love, love George Carlin. This is what it says here. This is off off of bleedingcool.com, which is a great website, by the way. Um, the experience of Bill and Ted, the, the experience of the Bill and Ted franchise is unlike any other. The San Diego Comic-Con at home panel shows how flexible it can be from those who worked on the previous films like Stars, Keanu Reeves, and Alex Winter to the newest cast editions who never seen the previous films before in Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne. The four, along with co-star William Sadler, who was deaf, creators and writers Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson, and director Dean Parasalt. Pariso? I think I said that right. I am sorry if I didn't. Joined host Kevin Smith to discuss Bill and Ted Face the Music as the long-awaited third entry of the franchise, Smith uh, said without Bill and Ted, there was no Jay and Silent Bob. The panel began where Matheson told how he and Solomon started as uh, the characters at UCLA. Bill and Ted were, was supposed to be a, uh, a skit movie. We were going to write a kind of like a skit movie with a bunch of different skits because we had just a bunch of silly ideas and Bill and Ted were going to be one of the pieces. It was going to be like an eight or 10 minute piece 
it was actually my dad who was Richard Matheson who wrote I'm I'm Legend. Ooh. I'm Legend. And I sort of ran it by him. He said that it's you can make a whole movie out of that. So we started looking at it that way. I'm sorry, I probably saw I saw I'm sorry, I probably saw me my eyes like hit the roof and stuff. Richard Matheson is in the DNA of Bill and of Bill and Ted. Not just physically but like creatively as well. Yeah. I don't know. There was there was lots of conversations between the the girls who play the daughters of Bill and Ted. And it's funny because the girl who plays Ted's uh or excuse me, Bill's daughter is the niece of Hugo Weaving. And at one point she goes, she says to to Ken, I was like, "You know, I should have been mad at you because you killed my uncle in one of your movies." <laughs> And I was like, okay, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, she's Australian and everything, and her last name is Weaving. How many Weavings can there be? Is that is, is that like Smith in Australia? Probably not. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see, what else does it say here? It goes into saying a bunch of other things. But let's just say you should definitely check out the uh, the panel. It's available online. Um, I'm sure there's a link in this in this article if you want to check it out for yourself. There is. Okay, excellent. So if you go to the like I said before, notes.206geek.com and look for the um, look for the Bill and Ted story that's in there, and it will have not only the story that I just read, but it'll have the video. Looks like it's the whole video. Let me see real quick. Make sure. Yes, it is the whole thing. All right, cool. So you can watch the whole panel in that article so you can see it for yourself. All right, let's go on to the next story here. Close these, close these two tabs so this will stop being so buggy. I have so many tabs open. My computer's like, you got too much going on right now. All right. <laughs> Sorry, computer. All right, so it looks like Grant Gustin, who plays The Flash and Barry Allen on the CW Flash, says that uh, they're looking to restart production in August. And this is what it says here on Heroic Hollywood. Uh, a new report indicates that Grant Gustin, the Flash, the Flash is hoping to restart production in late August. COVID-19 continues to impact the entertainment business, particularly for those productions who are nested in the United States. They're they're where cases grow every day. However, some Vancouver-based productions are getting the go-ahead to begin filming very soon. Deadline reports that Warner Brothers, T, Warner Brothers TV is looking at late August date to get some of their Vancouver-based productions filming again. These include Grant Gustin's The Flash, Riverdale, Superman, and Lois. Oh, dude. 
that that's awesome. I like I like okay I like the I love the Flash. It's like my absolute favorite show right now, and Riverdale is really really great too. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Superman and Lois. I'm hoping that it's it's I'm hoping that it's, it's different enough from the the previous incarnations of of Superman that it'll be entertaining to watch. It's not gonna just be a rehashing of the same fucking thing. Uh, we don't we don't need an origin story. We don't need like you know we certainly don't need um, <laughs> we don't need Superman trying to protect Lois from his uh, knowing his secret identity because they clearly knew she knew who he was in the crossover. So that's not going to be a thing. So I'm I'm hopeful that it's going to be it's going to be an awesome show. And uh, I heard that uh, the Star Girl. Star Girl is going to be exclusively on the CW in season two, and somebody 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 said they thought that that meant the 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 uh, budget is not going to be as good. It's like I don't think that's going to be the case because if you watch what happened with Supergirl when it moved from NBC to to CW, it, it, the budget didn't really change; just the filming locations changed. And, uh, and honestly, I think if anything, they'll, ha- they'll probably have a bigger budget because they'll have advertisers paying for shit, which, you know, they didn't, the, the people paying for, uh, the stuff that's on DC universe is the subscribers and they'll probably get more money from, from advertisers than they would from subscribers. And that's probably why it's moving over to the CW because they're not, they don't, they probably don't have enough subscribers to keep them on uh, the DC Universe streaming service. If anything, they'll probably move over to over to HBO Max. And I'm thinking at the end of my at the end of my uh, subscription for uh, DC Universe, I might just move over to HBO Max myself. So I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you know, how they, how they do this, you know, is, is every gonna, is everybody on the show going to be standing six feet apart the whole time? Are we not going to see people hugging and kissing anymore? I think I'd be fine with that if that happened, but honestly, I'm just curious how they're going to do it. It says here, the filming situation is tentative, but things seem to be moving ahead. Well, moving ahead. Well, uh, actors on production like The Flash and Riverdale received a letter this week telling them their services b- will be required for the 2020-2021 season starting August. F- uh, fulfilling the 30-day notice required, uh, the planned start dates for shows like Grant Gustin's The Flash or Tyler, Heck- Tyler Hecklin's Superman and Lois be, uh, are between August 20th and uh, between the 20th and the 27th. These dates reflect the two-week isolation period that British Columbia is requiring for n- new entries into the Providence. Province? Province. I thought, I thought Providence had a D in there, but I guess not Province. All right. Um... <laughs> uh, the proposed dates line up with the report from last month that suggested Warner Brothers was looking for a false start. 
Numerous Warner Brothers um, TV productions were cut short due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Grant Gustin's The Flash prematurely ended its sixth season with its 19th episode. The same situation extended towards other series such as Batwoman. uh, Cases in British Columbia are the province that Vancouver is in continue to decline, which makes it the perfect safe haven for Hollywood to begin filming in. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I would, (laughs) if it was possible for me to move up there, I would totally do that just to get away from all this crap. Go someplace where there's less likely to be an issue for, for, uh, getting getting the virus but I don't I don't know anybody up there that I could live with and I don't have the money to just rent a place <laughs> so that would never happen for me this is here and here's the official synopsis for the flash season seven. Barry Allen lived a normal life as a perpetually tardy CSI in the Central City Police Department. Barry's life changed forever when the Star Labs particle accelerator exploded, creating a dark matter lightning storm that struck Barry, bestowing him with super speed and making him the fastest man alive, the Flash. After thrilling cliffhanger, Last season, which saw the new Mirror Master victorious and still at large in Central City, the Flash must regroup in order to stop her and find a way to make contact with his missing wife, Iris West Allen. With help from the rest of the Flash team, which includes superheroes Caitlin Snow, Cisco Ramon, Ralph Dibney, and Nash Wells, as well as the Flash's adoptive father, Joe West, meta-attorney Cecil Horton. Is it Cecil? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> Cecily? That's probably what it is. C-E-C-I-L-E. <laughs> I don't remember her name, honestly. It's been a while since I've watched the show. And she's on so few episodes. I-, I like her character, but I don't ever... I'm terrible with names. God. Such an asshole. Todd, don't be an asshole. Right? Um, Let's see here. Uh, Tough cub reporter Allegra Garcia and brilliant tech nerd Chester P. Ruck. Runk. Runk. There's an N in there, Todd. Runk. Flash will ultimately defeat Mirror Master, but in doing so, he'll also unleash an even more powerful and devastating threat on Central City that threatens to tear his team and his marriage apart. I don't know, man. I don't know about you guys, but I really am looking forward to Season 7. And with the way things are going with CW shows... I would imagine season seven might be towards the end of uh, of the show, but I hope it doesn't end there. I hope it continues to go. I understand that you know Stephen Amell was 
was just getting tired of doing it. And, and I understand that he wanted to be able to do other things and not have to be constantly working out and looking like, you know, an Adonis or whatever. But, uh, yeah. It is what it is, folks. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing these shows come back next year. All right. Next on the list of things to talk about. Brenton Thwaites teases new upgrades for Nightwing in Titans Season 3. Titans, Brenton Thwaites tells fans that some new updates are coming to Nightwing's suit in Season 3. When the hero finally emerges last season, the fans rose up in celebration at the fan hero... Fan favorite hero finally making his an appearance in... In some comments to Rotten Tomatoes, he says that there are some significant changes coming, but it'll take uh, it'll take a second because of the cost involved and the time spent designing and perfecting the designs. There's no question that some fans felt like Nightwing's suit could have been more impactful than it was. When it was un- unveiled, I need to go back and rewatch that season because I do not remember him coming out as Nightwing. Maybe I didn't see the last episode. <gasps> dun dun dun. Uh huh. All right. This is here. Quote: We pitched a few ideas to change the suit in a way that can still use the outline of the original suit because they were so time-consuming and expensive to make, Thwaites said. It's better for us to enhance the one we've already got. We're working on different ways of for Nightwing to have more gadgets. The Nightwing actor also talked to Collider about the transition away from being Robin, it seems that the evolution was always planned to be a part of the character. It just took a little longer than planned. When I signed on, and when I signed on to this in an early meeting, they were telling me in the first season it would be about the transition of Dick Dick becoming Nightwing. That's where all the training came from in preparation for that I would be coming Nightwing. He said last year, but the way the story had it, we had another element to deal with. So we went down a different path. The whole time I was very anxious to read the, the pages of the, the story and the journey of Dick growing into Nightwing would be. I don't know. I, I like I said, I do not remember him becoming Nightwing at the end of the last season. I really need to go back and watch that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to season season three of uh, of Titans, and it's 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 been almost a year. I think it's been at least six or seven months at this point, anyway. Okay, on to the next story here. We have. Star Trek Strange New Worlds update revealed at Comic-Con 2020. I only heard about the Strange New Worlds like last week. I didn't know that there was going to be a spinoff from Discovery. 
But this is what it says here. In May, CBS All Access announced Star Trek Strange New Worlds as one of the new series in the in development as part of the Star Trek universe during t- Thursday's Star Trek universe panel for Comic-Con at home executive producer Alex Kurtzman Kurtzman offered an update on the Star Trek Discovery spin-off which follows the crew of the USS Enterprise introduced in Discovery's second season Kurtzman reveals that he's keeping the captain He's keeping the Captain Pike, Spock, and Number One-led show a secret since last year's Comic-Con. But now, a writer's room. It, now that a writer's room is active, and they've they've already broken down the first ten episodes of the show. Quote: I really wanted to tell everyone about it last Comic-Con. Kurtzman said, while introducing the panel. Quote. People were poking around and asking questions, and, and we couldn't say anything. But we were already ha- having a real active conversation at that point. Quote, the room has started. There's There are ten stories broken, which is very exciting. They are just sort of at the beginning, but it was one of those shows that I think everyone came in with such enthusiasm and so much love. Star Trek Strange New World Strange New Worlds stars Ensign Mount, Ethan Peck, and Rebecca Romain later appeared during later appeared during Star Trek Discovery's portion of the panel to talk about their characters' roles in season two of that series. They also discussed how their experience in that season affects their character's trajectory in Strange New Worlds. Man, I I can't even tell you. I I really, actually, that season was so much better than the season one. I'm glad they kind of took a breather from that Spore Engine thing and started doing other stuff with the show because the Spore Engine thing was stupid, if you ask me. I didn't care for it. I thought it was like, okay, this is, this is, all right, they're trying to, they're trying to, I don't know, maybe they're trying to do time travel to fix things that J.J. Trek broke. As, as a former friend of mine said, that he, he hates the J.J. Trek movies because they, they destroyed things in the Prime Universe. Well, maybe that's what Discovery was supposed to do, which was because they had time travel, or maybe not time travel is not the right word, because that's not what they were really doing. They were... Um, the spore thing allowed them to go great distances or whatever. But I think that that could probably could turn into a time travel thing. Um, and it should, I think. All right. So I think, you know, I think going forward, I think that if that's the route they're going to, the route they're going to go with, with Star Trek, I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, cause at least it will bring us back to Spock and all the, all those characters we love, hopefully. You know, I know a lot of old, old-timey Trek, Trekker fans, Trekkie friends, fans, friends, all of the above. I think that um, either they're gonna really like it or they're gonna absolutely hate it. There's, there's not like a. Excuse me. Let me get the mic a little closer. 
I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that uh, are kind of in between. I think you're either going to like it a lot or you're not going to like it at all. All right. Let's see. Does it say here where it's uh, going to start? It looks like Star Trek Strange New Worlds is now in development. Star Trek Discovery returns for its third season later this year. Is what the rest of that says. And there's a few more things in here that it says that I haven't read. But I, th- I think if you want to read more, you can you can click on the link in the, in the show notes. Alright, let's see here. Next story is Zack Snyder's Justice League cut will use any of Joss Whedon's footage. Yeah, I can't imagine it would. I think it's going to be a completely different movie, which I'm going to really enjoy. I'm probably, when it becomes available for purchase, I'm definitely buying it. Because, I, I mean, I like, the, I like the Joss Whedon one just fine. There's just a handful of things that I thought were kind of, oh, come on. But overall, I like the movie. So, this is what it says here. Zack Snyder has revealed that his upcoming cut of Justice League won't feature a lick of footage that was shot by Joss Whedon. After tons of fans outcry for the advocacy by stars like Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot, Zack Snyder is finally getting a shot at fulfilling his vision for the Justice League, set to hit HBO Max next year. The Snyder cut of of Justice League will feature tons of sequences that we didn't see, we didn't get to see in the theatrical version. In fact, Snyder revealed a video footage of Henry Cavill in the black Superman suit just yesterday during the Justice Con live stream. During that same stream, the Justice League director revealed that he won't be using footage from Joss Whedon uh, that Joss Whedon shot for his upcoming cut. You know what, and that's fine for me, because honestly, I think all the scenes that I definitely did not like <laughs> were the ones that had the CGI Henry Cavill face. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I think that it's 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 great that we're finally getting the the original version, kind of like the uh, the uh, what was it, the director's cut for uh, Superman. It came out in 1979. I think that who was who was the director on that? I can't remember. It's been so long. Superman, the movie. Director's cut. Let's see. Oh, that's right. It was Richard Donner. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, the Richard Donner version of Superman the movie, which I think was a bit different than the theatrical release. So yeah, this is this is going to be along those lines, I think. We're going to we're going to see a, a we're going to there's going to be some similar scenes, I think, because those scenes were the ones he originally was in uh directing and stuff. So, but I think there's going to be a lot of scenes that we're going to be replacing the the scenes that were done by Joss Whedon. 
And honestly, I'm okay. I'm okay with that because I I really really was hoping to see a live action. Ever since I was a little kid, when I first got introduced to Superman on the Super Friends and Batman as well, I, I always thought it would be so neat to see these characters in a live-action show. And then someone says, well, there was a Superman in the 50s, and there was a, a Batman in the, in the, in the 60s. And I remember watching those and going, okay, that's kind of neat, but why is that Batman... Okay, <laughs> I like Batman regardless of how campy that show was, but that wasn't, that's not my Batman. The, the Batman that like really like got me into like that storyline that, that superhero was the, the, the Keaton Batman, the, the, the Tim Burton Batman loved that movie. I actually bought that movie when it first came out and I've had, I think I've, I don't think I I never bought a I never bought a uh, a Blu-ray of it, but I had it on DVD and I think I had it on VHS as well. So I skipped Blu-ray and went straight to digital. So I have I still have a copy of it. I I love that movie. Who are you? I'm Batman. Yeah. Um. And this is this is what this is what uh, what Zach Sned uh, said. Sned, this is what Zach said. <laughs> uh, I'd destroy the movie before I would use a single frame that I didn't photograph. That's a fucking hard fact. I'd blow the fucking thing up. Wow, dude, that's harsh. Um. <laughs> That's fucking harsh. Wow. And to think we would never be able to see the Snyder Cut if it hadn't been for us fans really pushing it. Really, like, not letting up on that. Hey, we want to see what Zach had to say about this story because what he was showing us was awesome. And then we got that pile of garbage in the theaters. What's going on? You know... It was different from all the other movies. Why did you change it? Kind of thing. So, I don't know. I, I've, I'm Like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Alright, next story. The Ghostbusters have been added to Lego Legacy Heroes Unboxed. And I think that's a game. Let's see here. Let me open up this other link to see what it says about that. It sounds like it might be a game. It is. It's... Oh! It's a mobile game, so maybe it's something I can get. Oh, wow. All right. Oh, I have to put in my age. Okay. 48. I'm old, okay? Confirm. They want to make sure that I'm an adult, not some kid going on here. All right. This is... It is an epic Lego RPG adventure. Assemble strategic teams based on 40 years of your favorite Lego themes. Travel between maps to unlock new minifigs by battling your way through increasingly, increasingly difficult missions. Each map is filled with uh, coveted, coveted titles, materials, and perils. 
Uncover the full potential of your team by unlocking ultimate abilities, which feature Pip Towns Heroes building. Pip Towns Heroes building their most powerful sets right on the battlefield. I don't know what that is, but it sounds pretty darn epic. All right, so that's that's what Lego Legacy is, because I didn't know what the hell it was. All right, things have gotten spookier on Lego Legacy. Heroes unboxed. So there was only one team to call to be added as the Ghostbusters are in the game. Gameloft has added the beloved franchise into the game as you can play as five different characters. You have your pick of Peter Venkman, Ray Stans, Egon Spengler, Winston Zedmore, and Slimer to add to your party and hand off and head off into battle with along with the ability to unlock special sets like Ecto-1. The designs for all four are taken from the 1984 film with as best detail as they could add with the Lego versions, including Venkman's uniform being covered in slime from the first time he encountered Slimer. We got more information on it for you here as well as a small trailer for you to see them in action. Okay. Here's the trailer. I may have to look into this game. Turn it. Gain up a little bit. Oh, you can't hear nothing because there's no sound. All right. Oh, that's cool. I don't know, we'll see. I'll, I'll see if I get... To, I mean, it depends on if the game is expensive or if it's just all micro-purchases. Uh, probably going to be a lot of micro-purchases. It looks cool, though. That's awesome. I'll have to check it out. It looks like it's available... It's available on the in the App Store for Apple. It's in Google Play for Android, and it's also in the Microsoft Store for people that are on well Windows 10. And I would assume if you do, they still have Windows phones. I, I don't know if they do. <laughs> I've not seen one in a really long time. All right, next story. Hold up, did I just close the wrong one? I'll close that, okay. The extra, the extra window that I opened, okay. Here we go. So Kevin Smith was censored for cussing way too much in his panel. You know, I, I'm not surprised, because I listen to his podcast and he cusses all the fucking time. <laughs> How fucking dare he use the F word and such. Although, like I said earlier, I think it's probably because he's he's doing it from home and is probably not in the at-work mindset because he's at home in his office and probably baked out of his mind. Honestly, I think I, I, I would like to see him not smoke as much weed. I think he, like, smokes himself into retardation. And I, hate, I know people hate that word, but... 
That's legitimately what it is. You're smoking yourself stupid. And uh, I know, I know, it's it's not as bad as other things. Yeah. All right, enough of that. Okay, so yes, marijuana isn't as bad as people make it out to be. But when you smoke as much as he does, if you listen to his podcast, he is the most... I can be super ADD. I can be very ADD to the point where I'm, I can't remember what I said three seconds ago. And I, and I definitely am not one to, should be complaining about like people rambling on because I do that as well. But you know what? When I do it, it's all natural. It's not, I'm not doing it to myself. This is something I have no control over. He is smoking himself to this point where he's, He's acting that way. I don't think he was like that before. I don't, like I said, I don't know the guy personally. I don't know him. I can't say. I didn't know him when he didn't smoke, and I definitely don't know him when he does, did, did. So, that's my thoughts. That's my thoughts on it. I could be wrong. But this is what the story says here. The story says here, if you know Kevin Smith, you know by now the filmmaker isn't afraid to hold back his true thoughts NSFW language, all and all. Um, if you don't know what NSFW is, it's not safe for work is what that stands for. During Smith's, during Smith's Comic-Con at Home Spotlight panel, the censors had their work cut out for them as the director swore a total of 113 times over the course of the panel. Our friends at GameSpot did the math on the cursing Tracking the the uh, the art Arturs swear pa- pacing and all in the first two minutes alone, Smith was bleeped at the rate of three point five BPMs bleeps per minute. <laughs> bleeps per minute is that really such a thing? Bleeps per minute three point five in the first two minutes three. 3.5 bleeps per minute. Wow. Things slowed up. Uh, things slowed from there on out. Coasting to a gradual 2.69 BPM when he started to talk about his Masters of the Universe revelation, an animated series he's actively working on for Netflix. For Netflix, his final BPM finished off around 1.94. As he coasted to a family-friendly ending, or as family-friendly as one can get with the guy behind Chain and Silent Bob reboot. There's a whole breakdown on Smith and his swearing here. Wow, dude. Honestly, I don't, I personally don't have an issue with, with swearing. As you can see, I've been cursing up a storm on this. I don't know if I'm swearing as, as frequently as Kevin, but I clearly don't have a problem with it. And I think that, you know, um, those people who know who Kevin Smith is know that he swears and it shouldn't be shocking. So this, this is just nitpicking, I think. Oh man. There's a there's there's a couple more paragraphs here. Um and I got a couple more stories to go through. So 
like I've said before earlier on, if you want to read the rest of the story, you can click on the link in the uh, in the notes. Go to notes.206geek.com and find episode 99 and look for Kevin Smith. And you can read the rest of it there. And then the third to the last story we have here is Thor Love and Thunder new production date revealed. If all goes to plan, Thor Love and Thunder will start production shortly after the first of the year in a recent sit-down with tennis legend Serena Williams. Love and Thunder star Natalie Portman confirms she's been using quarantine-related delays to get jacked in carbo load in all all in anticipation for, of filming, filming at least the early part of next year. Oh. I'm curious what she's going to look like and she's all like fucking ripped to look like a like a WWE superstar or diva. I think that's that's kind of where she might be going with that. Hopefully it's not going to be that built. I mean, don't get me wrong, those women are are really attractive and everything, but um being a, a very softer on the middle myself, I tend to not look at women who look like that cuz they would have no interest in me whatsoever. I don't think a lot of women ha- would have interest in a guy who's as big as I am, but that's just my own, you know, insecurities talking there. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big fluffy guy, I'm a big teddy bear. Um Let's see here. Very excited Portman told her new business partner about her thoughts on the sequel. The two had been talking about new, new the new professional women's soccer team they're bringing to Los Angeles before. Portman added, we're shooting in Australia at the beginning of next year. Portman will be reprising her role as Jane Foster, a character she played in both Thor and Thor The Dark World. While we know Foster will be transitioning to the mighty Thor, a nod to Jason Aaron's and Asad Ribic's popular comic series of the same name, little else has been revealed about the movie. Love and Thunder director Tika Watiti previously suggested that there was going to be insane and romantic. It was going to be insane and romantic. Quote, I think it's going to be really good. Watiti teased, uh, we've finished, we've been writing the script on and off for over a year, and I'm just actually, this week, doing another pass on it. It's so, it is so insane, and also very romantic. I'm into romances now, just want to make a a romance. I want to make something that I've never done, never cared for. I would like to attack something like that. Oh, wow. Um, that's not making me feel positive about it, to be honest. If you've never done a romantic movie before, and you didn't like them before, why would you do it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll do it. He'll do it some justice. Who knows? We'll see, I guess. All right. All right, and then we have Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer format and official title will be revealed at DC Fandom. 
Let's see here. When is fandom? I don't remember when fandom is. I know I talked about it last week. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. Okay. Zack Snyder has confirmed the first trailer for Justice League cut along with the official title and the format will be revealed at DC Fandom. Justice League Justice Con has been taking place this weekend and a panel with director Zack Snyder has held was held in, on Saturday, which was yesterday. During the panel, Snyder notably revealed new clip from Justice League cut, his cut, featuring Henry Cavill Superman in the black suit. The beloved direct, uh, the beloved director also teased some more intriguing details throughout the panel about the upcoming HBO Max HBO Max exclusive, such as the current situation with the film's title. Uh, when Zack Snyder's Justice League was officially announced, it was revealed that it could take the form of a miniseries instead of a full-length movie. Ahead of 2021's release, the Snyder Cut will have a presence at the DC fandom next month, and Snyder revealed during Justice Con that we will be getting the first trailer, the official title and confirmation of the format it will be presented in. Quote, you will, you will, you'll find out at fandom, but I think I did tell Grace that it was longer than a hundred, uh, it was longer than 214 minutes now. Either way, a hundred percent, I'll be happy. Look, the truth is, regardless of how it comes out, you'll always be able to watch it in one sitting. You know, I, I'm I'm cool with it being a miniseries, because maybe maybe that means we'll get we'll get the whole trilogy that he was planning on doing. That would be so awesome! Oh my god, that'd be awesome! <laughs> All right, last story here. Daredevil alleged Daredevil star alleges Jeff Loeb cut storylines about Chinese and Asian characters. Oh, dude. It says here, hashtag Daredevil, save, hashtag save Daredevil con was, is in full swing, celebrating the life and times of the fan favorite Netflix show, which was canceled nearly two years ago during a roundtable discussion with Daredevil act, actors Peter Shinkoda, Jeffrey Kandor, and Tommy Walker. An alarming claim was made about one of the creatives behind the development of the show. According to Shinkoda, for, uh, former Marvel television head Jeff Loeb allegedly told the writers involved with that show that nobody gives a shit about Asian characters. Holy shit, dude. Quote, unquote, nobody gives a shit about Asian characters. Enough so that the room had to scrap plans to dive into the backstory involving Shinkoda's character Nobu and Wei Ching Ho. Wei Ching Ho's Madame Gao. 
I'm kind of reluctant to say this, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it, and I apologize to Tommy and Jeff that I'm going to take this moment, but I have to because I just have to. I'm not really into protecting certain things anymore. Shinkoda said in the Zoom livestream, Jeff Loeb told the writer's room not to write for Nobu and Gao. This was re this was reiterated many times by many writers and showrunners that nobody cares about Chinese people and Asian people. There were three previous Marvel movies, a trilogy called Blade, that was uh that was made where Wesley Snipes kills two hundred Asian two hundred Asians each movie because nobody gives a shit about no, nobody gives a shit, so so don't write about Nobu and Gao. Oh, dude. That is so not okay. So they were forced to put their storyline down and drop it. Oh, man. You know... That is so fucked up. You know, I, 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 I just, I don't understand that way of thinking. I really don't. You know, it's, it's just unfortunate people feel the need to, like, say things like that. It's, it's unfortunate people that think like that, period. There's so much us versus them in this world that just, it, it's. I hate that. I really do. Us versus them. It's like, you you can't have an opinion without someone jumping down your throat. You cannot, you know. And I'm not. I'm not defending Jeff Loeb on this. I'm just saying that. I'm not I'm just I'm not defending him at all. I think what he said was just was deplorable. What I and I realized after I said people jumping down your throats based on opinions, I wasn't defending him. I, I was I was I meant God, this is just bad. Um It's not even about opinions, it's about people's preconceived ideas about other people. And because someone looks different from you that you feel like you're better than them or they're they're not as good as you, that's never okay. Doesn't matter doesn't matter what your background is, if you think like that, that's that makes you a whole horrible person. You know. I've never ever hated someone based on the way they look. Ever. I've hated I've hated on people based on their actions more than their background. You know. Now my opinion of someone might have changed based on based on what I know about their background, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt before I, I make any any judgments. It's like, hey, that person might be such and such. Okay, my history with people that are that are that 
aren't great, but I'll give this guy a benefit of the doubt until he proves me otherwise. And um, that that's inexcusable to me. It really is. I mean, I think um, I have I have said things in the past that I'm I'm not proud of, and it's not that I said them out of malice or or hatred. And once I was educated on those things, I quickly adjusted myself and said, "Oh, dude, I did not mean it like that." Um. I'm sorry that I said it. I'll never say it again. And I don't even think that way for that matter. Jeez. I mean, just... I remember... um, I remember telling somebody that I knew that, hey, you should check out this show. The lead character kind of reminds me of you. And when I said that, I did not mean that as a a hateful thing. I didn't mean that as, as a slight against him. But the show was uh, uh, straight off the boat, I think. And it's about this Asian kid who moves to Florida who likes hip-hop. And it was based in the 90s. And this friend of mine was part Asian. He liked hip-hop. I was like, you should check the show out. It's really funny. And the character kind of reminds me of you because of these similarities. And he got mad at me. I'm like, dude, I didn't mean this as an insult or anything. I wasn't intending... That to be a slight against you, you know, it's it's a funny show, you know. I don't think it's it, the the show the showrunner even I think is uh, you know let me let me Google it real quick. Straight off the boat, I think is the name of the show. Let's see here. All right, so it's on network television. You can find it on Hulu. Okay. It's a TV series based off the book, Fresh Off the Boat, a Memoir. By Eddie Huang. And that the show's about that character. Eddie Huang is like the main character in the show. And, um... The, it looks like the, the series was created by... And I'm probably going to butcher this woman's name, and I apologize. I'm not intending to. Nana Nanachka Khan. Um, 
let's see here. It's a 30 minutes um, sitcom. It's on ABC, which you can find on um, you can find on on Hulu. And I really, I legit thought he was gonna like the show. I don't think he ever watched it. I think he just saw me as saying, "Hey, you're just like that guy on TV," and took offense to it. And that's not 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 at all what I meant by that. But he took offense to it, and he probably never watched it because of that. It's a funny show. I think I think if if you like sitcoms in general, you might like it. And it's it's about this uh, Chinese American family. The kids, I think, are all born in. Uh, oh, excuse me, not not Chinese. I apologize, Taiwanese. It says here, depicting the life of a Taiwanese-American family in Florida in the 1990s. It stars Randall Park, Constance Wu, Hudson Yang, Farce Wheeler, Ian Chen, Lucille Sung, as well as uh, Chelsea Crisp and Ray Wise, playing the next-door neighbors. It's a great show. Oh, it ended, it's it, it's all on Hulu right now. It looks like it ended in February of this year. That's too bad. I like that show. All right. Well, I think that is, that is it for today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of my podcast. And also, um, I'm going to put at the beginning of the podcast a little clip saying that I am also doing live shows on getvocal.com, which is G-E-T-V-O-K-L dot com slash channel slash 206 geek. You can also just go directly to it by going to getvocal.206geek.com and uh, and take you right there. On Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific, that would be 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, I have it as kind of an open, people can jump in and be a part of the conversation. I usually put up a, a topic to think to talk about. Last week, or a couple days ago rather, um, I talked about how do you explain your fandoms to your, your quote-unquote normal friends. People who aren't into fandoms who are just, you know, your everyday average adults that don't give two shits about comic books and or sci-fi and fantasy and stuff. Um, and with, and I talked to a couple of my friends from, from discord and, uh, and, uh, we, we talked about a bunch of different things. You should go definitely go check it out. Go to get vocal dot two Oh six geek.com. That's G E T V O K L dot two zero six geek.com. And you can watch that as well as the other episodes that I have up on there. I've been doing them every Friday for like the past three weeks. Next week will be, um, I don't know. I might continue doing it after this. I think I'll continue doing it after this unless I have any issues with my internet or whatever, but I might actually change the time, but I set it as 4 PM because they, for whatever reason, all the times they had on the website were for 
for East Coast, and they 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 were only doing the Fandom Fridays between certain hours. And uh, I think I think I'm going to start doing them early, maybe earlier in the day, or maybe later. I don't know. Um, either way, again, thanks for listening. I'm babbling at this point. Um, see you guys next week. Talk to you later. And now is the part of the show where I like to thank those who support the podcast. And if you also want to become a podcast supporter, you can go to support.206geek.com. Thank you, Leanne P., for your support. And as always, if you want to see any of the stories that I talked about, you can go to notes.206geek.com and you'll see the notes for the current episode listed there. That's notes.206geek.com. <laughs>